uh, Ed Taylor to come up. He's going to be bringing the word to us this morning. It's like you can just come on up. Yeah, come on up. <laughs> I've, I've known Pastor Ed now for, I don't know, like eight or nine years now, it feels like. My sister, when I married my sister, that's the mark. However long my sister's been married, that's how long I've known Ed. Because that's when we first met face to face. And so he's obviously, he's become a dear friend to me and a mentor over the years. And so I'm just super blessed that you're here to share the word with us this morning. Thank you. Good morning. Yes. Uh, so, testing, testing, we'll get this going. Uh, we're from uh, Aurora, Colorado. And uh, we've been, I was in Oregon uh, earlier in the week. Uh, Marie and I were with uh, a pastor there doing a pastors and leaders conference and then we were able to come straight over and be with you this week and we're very encouraged. I think the Lord has me traveling uh, with a message that is very encouraging and strengthening to us uh, and I want to share that with you today. Uh, on your way out, uh, we brought a table with books, uh, with a book that I just finished. It looks like this. It's called God's Help for the Troubled Heart. And I've been very encouraged to, to provide this at the churches that we've been at, at the conference we've been at. It was, it, it was born out of a season after my son passed away about eight years ago. And we, it's not a book on grief as much as it is a book on encouragement in the Lord, uh, encouragement in the pain that you're going through. Uh, we went through a very dark season in our lives. And part of, the, part of coming out of that season was teaching a series of Bible studies at our church on the hope that's found in the Lord. I felt like the Lord was telling me as a pastor, hey Ed, everybody's hurting. You're not the only one hurting. Everybody in your church is hurting. So teach them, and as they're teaching them, teach yourself about the goodness of God. And these are available, and I always like to, you know, it's always a little awkward. Uh, it's something that I did. Uh, but, you know, if it was Skip Heitzig, I'd be encouraged. If it was Joe's book, I'd be encouraged. Um, so it's mine. I'm encouraged. And all the proceeds, the way we do things in our church, all the proceeds from that uh, go, go to our missions. So we write an extra check on, in January of every year. It used to be in December, but it was hard for the bookkeeper. It was a lot of extra work because I, I always wanted to get it to them for Christmas. Uh, like a special Christmas gift, but after a couple of years, finally our, our uh, accountant said, Ed, this is so much work. I'm trying to close all the books out for all the year, and now you want us to uh, line out all the bookstore and cafe stuff. But, so now it's January, so all of our missionaries get an extra check uh, in January to bless them and encourage them. And let me just say, if you guys have missionaries coming, that's guys from France are missionaries, right? You know, if you have missionaries coming, um, it's been really hard for missionaries during COVID, uh, super hard, like extra hard um, with the restrictions they have, with being foreigners in their land, with uh, being separated. Missionaries, you know, they're already separated from their family, already separated from their churches. So then now within the context of where they've gone all on the other side of the world, now they can't be with their own uh, community of believers. It's been super, super hard. And uh, we have missionaries near France. We have missionaries in Ireland. Uh, we have missionaries in England. And that whole EU area has just been completely um, isolated and restricted. So when they get here, encourage them, uh, bless them, love on them, receive from them, like catch the vision. Um, because I think that God's calling us to a deeper sense of mission uh, as we come out of the, this season. Uh, but let them encourage you. You know, maybe you'll be the next on a short-term trip. 
of what God's doing. So let's pray. I have a great word, I believe, from the Lord for us today, uh, and I know that he's going to speak to us. So Father, we are wanting to be encouraged and strengthened on this Sunday morning. We're doing exactly what you told us to do, to continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayer. And we are doing you've called us to do as a church to set aside on the first day of the week time attention uh, to give of our tithes and offerings to give of our time and we are wanting to reap the benefits of obedience we 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 actually claim that promise lord you said if we sow to the spirit we would reap everlasting life so we receive that into our life today we we accept the promises that you have for us and the results when we obey you. And so I pray that your word would go forth today, that it would speak uh, to the depths of who we are, that it would stir us into love and good works, and that we would grow in your grace today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you take your Bibles, open them to the book of Nahum. Nahum. One of the ways I remember Nahum is it's in the area of Jonah, Micah, Nahum, and Habakkuk. So if you can find that in your Old Testament, we're going to be in just one verse today, Nahum chapter 1, verse 7, in a Bible study that I've entitled, We Know That the Lord is Good. And that's an encouraging thing to be reminded of. We know that the Lord is good in good times and bad, in happy times and sad, in easy times and hard times. And especially in times like these, we need to understand and be reminded that the Lord is good. And we've come out of a very difficult season. I mean, we're, we're sort of, I, I believe, it, I, don't want, I don't like um, time stamping it, right? Because with the world that we're in right now, you never know what's going to come. But we're definitely in a season on the tail end of a very difficult season when it comes to our world. And it's easy to lose sight of the goodness of God when life is hard. And the Bible says, you can jot it down if you're taking notes in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Cry out, save us, O God of our salvation. Gather and rescue us from among the nations so we can thank Your holy name and rejoice and praise You. And of course, it's easy to praise God when things are going, when things are lining up exactly what, what we wanted, what we expected, when things are the way that we kind of saw our future and now we're walking into it and we're like, oh, this is so good. Praise the Lord. I mean, it, things, we, we use that phrase so much, it's kind of like a greeting. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We use that so often that sometimes it loses its significance. Oh, praise the Lord, he's so good to me. You know, one of the things, this didn't get started in Calvary Chapel, but I heard another church, so from time to time, I'll do how to respond. So the pastor says, God is good, and the church says, all the time, and the pastor says, all the time. Oh, see, you know, you know. And it's easy to say, even to this morning, if things are well in your life. Some of you, as you're listening to me, you're like trying to still figure out who I am and what I'm doing here. Like you're here, you're like, I don't, I don't, I, if he knew, 
if he knew where I came from today or what's going on in my life, he wouldn't be so, so encouraging. He wouldn't be so loud. He wouldn't be so flippant. But I'm not. I'm not being flippant. I'm just making a point. When things are going well, it's easy to praise the Lord. When you get a raise, you know, how can you not praise the Lord? Honey, we're going out to dinner. You know, when your family's healthy and you're done with all the doctor appointments, I mean, praise the Lord, it's so good. When, you know, for us in Colorado, I grew up in Southern California, so I didn't experience this, but when I came to Colorado, I did. They have four very distinct seasons. Did you know there are four seasons? And and in Colorado, you can have them all in one day sometimes. Uh, But one of the seasons I'm very, very happy that leaves is winter. When winter goes, praise the Lord, believe me. It's not something I still, after 20 plus years of living there, I'm a big fan of ice, snow, and cold, and I praise the Lord. Or, you know, it's easy to praise the Lord when the Dodgers win the World Series. You know, they just did that, right? Dodgers, Dodgers, Los Angeles Dodgers, World Series champions. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the Bible says in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, and the Lord passed by him and proclaimed the Lord. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness. I like that. He's abounding in goodness and truth. But there are those times, aren't there, when it's difficult to announce that God is good because my circumstances can change so fast. Things can become so difficult that I simply don't believe that God is good any longer. A text message can change everything. A phone call a drive along a road. These are real feelings. We begin to doubt the goodness of God. We begin to doubt the very truth that undergirds our lives. Here in Nahum, Nahum is a prophet of God announcing judgment upon Assyria. He's announcing the judgment of God. As a matter of fact, I was rereading the chapter this morning and just seeing judgment, 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 judgment. And there's this little break in the cloud about goodness of God, judgment, judgment, and I believe that little break in the cloud was Nahum's way of encouraging himself in the Lord in a very difficult mission he was given. A very difficult. It's very difficult to sit down with someone in their worst of times, in their hardest of times. And it was a great reminder, if you notice in verse 7 of chapter 1, it was a great reminder of God's goodness where it says, The Lord, and that you'll notice in your New King James Bibles, those are all in caps. So this is a reference to the name of God, Yahweh, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. And I want to break this down into three ways today. Number one, let's start with the first part, the Lord is good. Now listen, this is the battle for your life right now. This is the spiritual battle for your emotional health, for your mental health, for your spiritual health. It's right here. And it's asking and answering this question. Do I believe that God is good? Do I believe? You know why? Because what you believe dictates your behavior. That, that, that is just a reality in life. That's why what I, can, I can watch a person for a little while and I can determine really what they believe about a certain subject or about their life because I can watch how they behave. The way they behave reflects what they believe. And here we are in the midst of a battle ourselves spiritually where the world, the flesh, and the devil are constantly defying this fact. I mean, it has been a question 
imposed upon us to doubt the goodness of God from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, where the temptation that came to Adam and Eve was this. Did God really say? Did God, did God really mean what he said? And then, you know, the implication of the question that was asked was, you know what, if God really loved you, he wouldn't limit anything in here. Like, what? what, what why? Think about this for a second. Gave you everything, but what's happening? What's happening in his relationship with you? And that constant doubting of God plagues, well, plagues most of us, especially those that are in deep pain and grief, deep sorrow, deep fear. This powerful temptation comes to us when things don't line up the way that we had planned. Or the way that we wanted. We kind of look at our life right now. You go, oh no, I don't like my life right now. I don't like my marriage right now. I don't like my kids right now. I don't like my situation right now. Then you begin to doubt the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And that doubt will take you away from your abiding relationship with Jesus. It will move you. And you... You have, you have, a, you have a desire and pray earnestly. And, and the answer... God gives us you know remember when Paul the Apostle in 2nd Corinthians toward the end remember where that little sections there where Paul is described as begging God to remove the thorn from his side remember that and we all know the answer we all know the answer because we memorize it. it's in red letters there in 2nd Corinthians it says my grace is sufficient for you because my strength is made perfect in your weakness that actually wasn't the answer to his prayer that was an explanation for the answer that wasn't the answer. He didn't ask for um, God. Paul, when he's crying out, his request was this. Take this away. Take this away. Take this away. He wasn't asking for an explanation of what he had. He was asking it for it to be removed. But the answer that's recorded for us is an explanation of what the future of Paul's life will be in explanation of the answer to his prayer. You know what the answer to his prayer was? No. I won't remove it. It's not recorded for us, but it's very clear. Remove this, remove this, remove this. And the answer from heaven is no. You're going to learn to live with this. This is going to be a part of your life, Paul. This is it. This is where you're at. This is where I have you. This is what it is. And you're going to learn a lot about me. And you're going to walk a humble life. And... You're going to have pain the rest of your life. Uh, similar to the wrestling of Jacob. Remember when Jacob was wrestling with God and he had to have, you know, you just, you don't know how it all went down, but just this, I, I just picture a thumb and just messing with his hip and he walked with a limp the rest of his life. And we're surrounded by men and women that walking with things the rest of their life. This is the rest of their life. This is life. And we kind of look into the future 20, 30 years, but we don't need to. Today is life. Today is the rest of our life, right now, in the room. And it can be so overwhelming at times because the devil, he's very successful at getting me to conclude that God doesn't care. He's very successful at getting me to conclude that God doesn't see me, doesn't like me, that he isn't good because of my limited understanding. I just don't know the whole picture. I don't know it yet. I don't have it. I mean, I have some theological understanding. 
what God's doing. I, I get the bigger picture, like from God's perspective, how he's going to bring in a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to wipe away. I understand the bigger picture theologically, but I'm living out my life, you know, right now, just even now, just kind of walking. That's my life. That's where I was today. Walking through, cutting, the, cutting through the high school. Hopefully that's not illegal, but that's what I did. Cut through the high school, come to church, and that's my life. I don't know the bigger picture. I don't know what awaits me. I don't know what's happening in Colorado right now. I have very limited understanding, and so do you. I mean, we just don't know. We want to know, but we don't know. We want to see the pieces, but we aren't quite sure. I forget that there's a bigger picture that God's working out in my life. I forget that it's His will that He wants to accomplish in my life, not mine. But I praise the Lord, God is good, when my, my will lines up with God's will. But what about when I got it wrong? I have a question mark in my life. I get so caught up in pain, in fear, in the anxieties, the overwhelming worries, add to that some selfishness and self-centeredness. Before you know it, I begin to challenge God and His goodness myself. And I get angry with Him and upset with Him. Even though the Bible says His thoughts toward me, Jeremiah 29, that emphasis is His thoughts toward me, are good, not evil. But it's a battle. This is the battle that will keep you and me strong and steady should we choose to abide in the power of the Lord. And there have been times where the only thing that's really sustained me was the knowledge that God was good. And just, man, I don't know what's going on right now. I can't even, I, I, I mean, just those times when you're at a loss for words. The things that sustain me is I'm reminded of a verse. You know, it's not a great verse to give someone in the midst of trial, but it is a great verse to share with people over time. And that is in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, where the Bible says, we know that all things are working together for the good, for those that love God, and those that are called according to His purpose. You know, it's not a great verse to share in the midst of crisis, but hold it in your back pocket for the right time. Because it's not super encouraging to a person that's in the midst of pain to have, you know, you know, God's working all things together. Yeah, but this is a horrible thing. And, you, you know, you got to get through that because it's kind of like baking. You know, you guys that bake, you know, and all the ingredients by themselves are not, like, very tasty. You know, I ate some, I don't know if I was supposed to, but I ate a coffee cake from the kitchen this morning. And I, it was so good. Man, it was so good. I think it's from the bakery here. And, oh, man, it was so good. I wish there was two pieces. I would have taken them both. <laughs> but I was also thinking, because it was very sweet and very soft, and it was like had the hard, crunkly, on the crun if that's a word, crunchy part at the top. But, you know, when they put that together, there was probably flour. Like, I didn't, nobody was giving me a bag of flour for breakfast this morning. I, or, or maybe five eggs, you know, and just down. Like, who wants five eggs in the morning just by themselves? Like, individually, can be nasty and painful and distasteful but put together the right way in the right mixture with somebody that's a genius and I'm sure those guys do that without even thinking about it now dun 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 had the last you got to apply heat full heat if you will and so here we are in our lives, and we got this piece and this piece, and some of them, they, they don't, in and of themselves, they don't taste good. I mean, I think 
um, Marie and I have been through a lot together in our years of marriage, a lot of painful, very difficult situations. Certainly, I think the epitome of the painful situations that she and I have endured together as a married couple was the whole difficulty with our son and all the drama that surrounded. You know, it wasn't, it's, it wasn't even a clean-cut uh, loss and grief. There were so many complications and difficulties and family drama and just very challenging stuff. And so when we read Romans chapter 8, verse 28, we have to read it the right way. We can't read it, God works all things. We can't read it, God works most things together for the good. Because then we're going to start to doubt God. And we can't read it, some things working together for the good. Because then we're going to think, we're going to take things in our own hands and go, well, you know, God is faithful here, but He's not faithful there. We start to put ourselves in a position of authority over God. Imagine that. But pain does that. And so Nahum, he comes back and he says, look, the Lord is good. It's just a fact. It's a statement of fact. And secondly, notice when you understand that Lord is good, then secondly, he is a stronghold in the day of trouble. Nahum says the Lord is good and a stronghold. And notice this for a second, church, because this is key. Just because God is good doesn't mean you won't face trouble. Nahum says, says this very clearly. Just because God is good doesn't mean you're going to side. No, the Lord is good and He'll be there for the trouble. He is good and a good. You could say He's good and a protector in the times of, tr- of trouble because troubles come to us all. None of us are immune. Sometimes the Lord delivers us out of our troubles very quickly, but most of the time, what God does is He delivers us through the trial. He comes with us through the valley of the shadow. Nobody wants to be in the valley of the shadow of death, but everyone will be. That's a promise. The wages of sin is death. And it's a part of our lives. Death of, it's not even necessarily death of loved ones, although that's a significant death. There's death of marriages, there's death of friendships, there's death of careers. There's transition, you know, you, you leave one part of the country, you come to another part of the country. There, there's just loss and pain all along the way. I, I use the word now in these last eight years, I've used this word far more than any. It's like so much of life is bitter. Have you noticed that? Man, it's also just like sad. It's sad. I look at either all of our three kids, we've had the privilege of raising them into adulthood. And I just remember when, they all, when, when each of them went to college, it was such a great thing. Yes, yes, it's sweet. But it was also pretty sad. With each of my kids, I went into their empty bedroom and wept for a season. They're like, oh, they're not here anymore. They're not here. But there's food in the refrigerator now. <laughs> God is a stronghold. He's a stronghold in times of trouble. His trials will hit us all. Jot it down. Psalm 34, verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. God doesn't promise to keep you from trials, but rather to deliver you and reveal His power and strength to you and through you. Psalm 20, verse 1, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May He send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May He remember your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. 
The Lord is a stronghold in the times of trouble, friend. The safest place on the planet Earth is to be in the Lord. Or as Paul would say, to be hidden in Christ, that place of protection. That, that's really what the word stronghold means here in the Hebrew. It speaks of safety. And anyone that's in child development knows that those three things with a kid helps them thrive. When you have safety, security, and peace, that's the environment for thriving. And it's not just for kiddos, it's also for us as the children of God. There's been many times in the days of trouble where the only comfort I had was really the name of Jesus, where you can't get anything out, you can't think of anything, you can't remember scripture, but you remember the name of the Lord. And the name of Jesus brings great peace and rest to my soul. It reminded me of a song. Many of you know this song. You'll probably sing it as I read it. For those of you who don't, you should listen to it on Apple Music. It'll encourage you. It's an oldie, uh, kind of a modern day hymn, and it goes like this. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim that kings and kingdoms will pass away, but there's something about that name. How many of you heard that song? It's a great song, isn't it? I think it's the Gathers did it. That's how I remember them. It's like, oh. You're so good. Kings and kingdoms will pass away. Listen, Jesus Christ is a stronghold in the day of trouble, a strength in your hour of weakness, a place of comfort, help, and peace, a a place of hope in your time of despair, and he's our place of protection, safety, and defense. You know, I know it's all really elementary, isn't it? Super basic, what we're learning this morning, but it's good to be reminded. I'm reminded of Peter when he says, you know what, I'm going to remind you, I'm going to remind you, I'm going to remind you, because life has a way of causing us to forget the foundation of who we are in Christ. The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble, and then finally notice the last part, number three, he knows those who trust him. Now you of course of life. Maybe you have a soft, weaker conscience too where you like, well, you know what, Ed? I haven't been really trusting the Lord and so I don't know if the Lord knows me. And you could kind of read it real cautiously, like, like just always condemning yourself and beating yourself up for the weakness of your humanity. But I don't think that's the context here. I don't think that's, he's not trying to condemn you because you've been in a place condemn you because you're in a weak place. He's just like, look, there is special place for the hurting and the painful, those that are going through pain, God knows those who trust Him. He knows you. I think that's the emphasis here. God knows when we're trusting in Him, and He loves us. He knows our weaknesses, our fears, our anxieties. In Psalm 94, verse 19, it says, In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. And it's in the middle of a great trial or times of grief or sorrow with so many uncertainties that fear and anxiety are normal responses. You will, if you haven't, I mean, for a select few, for a select few, they could give a testimony. You You know, I've never really doubted God. And to that, I applaud you. But for most of us, it's happened. For most of us, I mean, there's some, this strong constitution is like, no, been an issue in my life. Of course, you 
That's not one. Here, the Lord is not condemning you because you're human. Because you go through times of processing the reality of your life. And I believe God would have you to be reminded today that you're not out of your mind when you feel intense times of fear and anxiety. You're not a bad person. You're not a bad Christian. You're not a bad leader when you wrestle with life because you face the temptations to believe that God isn't good. He knows when you're trusting in Him. And I have to say, He does know when you're not. Listen, in times of great crisis, you have to remember nothing wasted in your life. If you choose to trust in your own wisdom, devices, you let anxiety get the best of you, you want to run away, you want to take things into your own hands, you want to be a Jonah, God says, go ahead. But understand, it's going to be a painful journey. It's not going to end the way you think it's going to end. You have that sense of, no, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to go forward, and this is what I want, and I'm going to get what I want. You're not going to get what you want, because in the depth of your heart of what you want is found in obedience in Christ, not disobedience. And so there are times where we go, okay, you want to do it. says, I know you, and I love you, and if you don't want to trust in me, then just understand, when you take things into your own hands, it's not going to end. And you can study this in a different way. You can study the life of David in the early days when he's being chased by Saul. And you can see how many times he was tempted to take things into his own. And then you can go into the Psalms and start to connect the Psalms with them. And you can see what was actually going on in his heart. He was a troubled man during that time. It messed with his head. And it messed with his heart. And he was wrestling to stay strong in the Lord. There is freedom that comes by abiding in Christ. And here's the thing, and it's a warning to some of you. It's a warning right now. I believe it's from the Lord. It's a warning. God will allow us to go our own way. He will allow us to lean on our own understanding so that we will learn even more of His goodness. Out of pain and out of the rubble, there's freedom, restoration, forgiveness, but it's a painful path to choose. Friend, look, the Lord knows who trusts in Him. That's what it says. The Lord knows. He's promised to sustain us, those that look to Him. Psalm 34 verse 22 says this, but the Lord will redeem those who serve Him. No one who takes refuge in Him will be condemned. You might want to jot that down. Psalm 34, 22. No one who takes refuge in Him will be condemned. How will I make it through? What will I do? How will this turn out? I don't know. But God, He'll give me the daily strength. He will not, in Psalm 55, 22, I'll read it from the New Living, it says, He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. And I've been parenting recently uh, in our church, and one of the things that, one of those scriptures that we hold on to as parents is train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he won't depart from it. I think we've read that a little differently at times, where we think, well, if I train my kids the right way and I pour into them, and when they are old, they won't depart. Well, you'll hear that and go, well, but my kids have departed, and I think we need to re- reread it in a different way. And it's when they are old, they will not depart permanently, because every kid has to wrestle with the reality of their life and what they want to do with their life. 
And so we train them, we teach them, and when they're old and they're starting to make their own decisions, they'll go to the left a little bit, they'll go to the right a little bit, they'll taste this pain, they'll taste that pain, but they'll come to a place where they know the way they were trained was the right way. And we have to even trust our kids to the Lord and all the decisions they make and what their futures hold. And so as we close today, we have to ask, ask this question, why is it so hard to trust in the Lord? I mean, it's easy to give the advice. It's easy to stand in a pulpit and go, guys, trust in the Lord. It's hard. You know, and then I'm going to head out and have a burger today while you go home and cry. It's easy to give the advice. I'll have to say, even in that illustration, there were times in our church where people would go home and have a burger and I'd go home and cry. That's life. And it's easy to give the advice. We're willing to trust God in our time. We're willing to trust God when it lines up with what we want. We're willing to trust God. Yes, Lord, I take all that you have. Give me gifts. Give me gifts. Give me gifts. But what about the gift of pain? What about the gift of sorrow and difficulty? What about the gift? Like the whole world suffers. You know that. The whole world suffers. Everyone's facing something. On a personal level, on a global level, I mean, even in the world in which we're living right now, the, the leadership of the world is, has made things much harder. Everyone's losing loved ones. Everyone's losing jobs. Everyone's losing a place to live. Life is hard. Sin has corrupted. And it seems like we'll trust God to a point, up to a point where then we'll jump in, try to fix things ourselves, only to find out making, that we make it worse than it was before, which reminds us to come back to the beginning that it's important that we do trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. So, so the community of believers, what I think God intended was this community of believers, we walk together in faith, we become a faith community so that the faith community spills over into a community lacking faith, which is most of the people you know, just take it on this island, whatever the population is. I see the whole population cramming this room today because they're, they've got their own lives and their own issues and they're separate from God. They don't have a true relationship with God. Going through life, trying to make it, just trying to barely get through the day. And the faith community, as we encourage one another in the Lord, then we become an encouragement to those that God brings into our lives. This becomes the place of spiritual battle. The devil knows that the only real place you'll have, the only real peace, I should say, you will ever have is when you put your complete trust in the Lord. Even today. That's the only place of peace. It's not another 10 bucks. It's not a house to live in. It's not gas in the car, as important as those might be. The only real place of peace will be trusting in the Lord receiving the faith that God is ready to give. Complete trust is in God is the place of absolute strength for us. The Lord knows, and He knows you, and He knows the fears that have filled your heart. He knows your sorrow, your disappointment, your sadness. He knows the heavy trial you're in. He knows the uncertainty of the future that you face. He knows you. But not only does He know you, He wants, to know, he wants you to know Him, that He's good that he's faithful, that he's a stronghold. Isn't that good? It says in verse 7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who
who trust in him. Listen to this as we close. In 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-one, it says, God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. Psalm 9, verse 10. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Blessed is the man, Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. 2 Timothy 1.12 For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. So the worship team, if you guys would come back up as you are ready to go and we have some time to process everything the Lord has given us. We have some time to receive from the Lord. There's a song that I asked Pastor Joe to consider using in this final worship set. Uh, some of you are familiar with it. It's called The Goodness of God. Uh, it's become like an anthem every year. I don't know if you guys do this as a family, but every year we seem to have a different song that's our anthem. That, that is every time it comes on or it's playing on our playlist, like everything just stops. Hey there, this is Pastor Joe with Calvary San Juan. I hope you were blessed by our time together in God's Word. And if you'd like to hear more of our teaching from the teaching ministry of Calvary San Juan, you can go to our website at calvarysanjuan.com or you can search for us on iTunes or Spotify. Just look for Calvary Church San Juan Island. On Sunday mornings, we stream our services live on Facebook and of course on our website at calvarysanjuan.com. On Facebook, you can search for us by looking up Calvary San Juan, all caps live, Calvary San Juan live. And if you ever find yourself in Friday Harbor on a Sunday morning, you can worship with us in person at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. here on the San Juan Islands. God bless you and have a great day in the Lord.